Howdy, partners. You're listening to Conversations with Jacob, hosted by my good friend, Jacob Waller. Make sure to check out the podcast where podcasts are available and check out the video version on YouTube. You can follow us on social media. Facebook is Conversations with Jacob. Twitter is at CWJ Podcast. And you can visit our website, conversationswithjacobpodcast.weebly.com. Hey, you got a show idea? Maybe a guest suggestion? Email us at conversationswithjacob at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Jacob Waller. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Jacob. Today is episode number 30, by the way, so a big milestone with this. Um, today's episode, we're talking about uh, about trauma, was in growing and childhood abuse and, um, you know, basically everything, you know, about it. But before we get to our guest this week, we're going to talk about our social media. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash conversations with Jacob on YT. Twitter is CWJ podcast. Um, our podcasting platforms include, um, and we're on TuneIn, Spotify, and we're on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Audible. It's just, you know, it's just too mean to mention. Our mailbag is conversations with Jacob at gmail.com and our website is conversations with Jacob podcast.weebly.com. You can find upcoming episodes, past guests, um, posts from the host. Um, every once in a while, I'll make a post on there and, um, you can find a whole lot on there. Um, so our guest this week, uh, uh matter of fact, and joining me this week, uh, was her name is Lisa Tickle. She's the host of Hidden and Grown Hand in Hand podcast, and she helps people heal from past trauma and grow. So Lisa, uh, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, bef- now before we kind of jump right into the, uh, you know, the, uh, the interview here, can you tell us about your podcast? Yes. It is set to start uh, in August. Um, we don't have a solid date yet, but it's set to, to start in August. And it's a, it's a platform uh, for healing, yes, for childhood abuse, trauma, and, and abuse. It's also a platform for growth. And I'm going to be bringing on experts who can help with their you know, tips and tricks and tools. Um, it's also going to be a platform for people to have a voice. So if others want to come on and share their their story, and it isn't again, it's not just childhood abuse, but a lot of it will be. Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, that podcast I will be out by the time this comes out. Right. Uh, so, um, but anyways, I guess to get started, um, I, since you help people with uh, trauma and growth, which I'm guessing that you had a, kind of like an experience with that, uh, was I guess like growing up. Yes. So, yes, I had I was I was raised in a home where there was um, emotional, physical and verbal abuse. Um, It was by my parents as well as my brother. And so with my brother, it was mostly the physical and the emotional and verbal. And then with my mother, it was that as well. My dad, it was more abandonment. He did not protect me. He literally ran and hit. So I do have a, a background in that. Yes. All right. Now, um, oh, so I guess this question here, uh, would you was on your profile that I, I contacted you on? Oh, oh, if a child is, uh, I guess left unhealed and has a childhood abuse survivor, 
it's the most likely that they would kind of end up in an abusive relationship? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, and, and I was, I was asked that on another podcast and I, I actually like that question because it's really eye opening and it was eye opening for me. So if left unhealed, will a person with childhood abuse end up in some form of domestic violence, um, relationship? Yes. And it's not just, you know, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever. It could be, it could be friends. It could be, I even had abuse at work. It was kind of crazy. So, um, yes. And, and it's because you're not healed. So you, so these, it's basically kind of, you don't know how to handle these people. You haven't learned yet how to manage this. Now, for someone that's going through probably abusive relationship, and how can they kind of, uh, I guess, work their way out of it? Well, if they're in an abusive relationship, the first thing they need to do is leave and go to a safe place, right? They have to get away from it because the most dangerous time for someone who's in uh, domestic abuse um, relationship is when they leave. That is when things can really go wrong. So you need to make sure that you you have a plan set and you get out. And then the focus needs to be if you know on yourself. If you have children, of course, them too. But it's really healing the the root stuff of what's going on inside of you, because if this is left unhealed, you're just going to go to another relationship. And that's exactly what I did. Now, um, what do you feel like you've lost as a child, but you kind of rediscovered, um, I guess, as an adult? That's a great question. Me. I discovered me. Um, that's, it's been a journey over the last probably six or seven years. I've been on the journey and discovering who I am, what I like, what, you know, and I, I've been actually, um, amazed at some of the things I've discovered about myself. So, you know, as a child, you lose kind of who you are. Right. And, and I used to be so proud and I would say, Oh, I, I'm like a chameleon. I can just change myself around a person. Well, that's not a good thing. Um, you know, and so I lost who I was. And so I'm, I'm now discovering her. Now, what do you think the key point is to, uh, I guess, overcoming this? Well, I don't know if you ever really completely overcome it. Like, I don't consider myself healed. I'm on my healing journey. And what you do when I talk about having experts on is giving you ways of how to manage it. It's just like I'm still triggered. I still get triggered. But what what has helped me, the number one thing that has helped me is having self-awareness. And then within that self-awareness, I can catch this stuff so that I can manage it better. So I'm not going to ever be healed, but I'll be able to manage this stuff much better. Now, do you think that when people in a in like an abusive relationship that they sometimes kind of take it for the person that's doing it, say, you know, you know, that they're not doing it, but at home they are, you know, like they're taking it for that person. So kind of taking it out on another person. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, and, and the reason why it, there's no excuse for my behavior is I was in survival mode. I was 100% in survival mode up until about six or seven years ago. And you do things in your survival mode that you wouldn't do outside of your survival mode. And I've had to learn to, I'm still working on this, but forgiving myself for my behavior when I was in my survival mode. Now, you mentioned that you have that you had triggers. I was. How do you manage those triggers? So first, I have to be aware. And so a great example is I had one. um, This really stood out to me a couple months ago when I was out of town. And the thing that came to me is 
I realized that my mind started spinning and the things that were going on in my head made no sense whatsoever. And the decisions I was making as a result of what was going on in my head were detrimental to me. They, they, they were harmful to me. And so when I slowed down and I realized that I was literally in the car with my husband and I turned to him and I said, I am clearly being triggered um, because there is what's going on in my head makes no sense. It's not logical. And what's coming out of my mouth is not logical. And so I am just saying what it is. I'm being triggered and I'm not going to do the crazy thing that this mind is trying to tell me. I'm going to do something that's going to be beneficial to me. And so I stopped it in that moment. But without self-awareness, I would have just, as I had done for years, just taken that frustration out. Because it's frustrating when you've got that stuff going on in your head and you can't articulate it. Now, uh, how did you ever uh, kind of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, can't really want to be like in a relationship or did you kind of – you know, kind of have your doubts about it saying, well, I don't want, you know, don't want this, you know, turn into a abusive relationship. Did you have your struggles with relationships? Well, my relationships was um, because I didn't feel loved as a child. And there's a whole story, of course, stories behind that. But I did not feel loved. I sought out for love. And I was was desperate. I was desperate to be loved. And I ended up being with in relationships that I shouldn't have. Um, they were unhealthy as well, and we came together, and, and we had an unhealthy relationship. Now, um, and have you ever been able to forgive your abusers? Yes. I'm still working on my mother a little bit. Um, totally have forgiven my brother. I don't have a relationship with him because he's still in that place. Um, but I did. I and, and I lost my mom when I was 16, but I've I've – I've discovered a lot about her over the last year that really helped me understand a lot about her, which helped me work through a lot of the forgiveness for her and giving her grace. So, yeah. Now, uh, also, have you been able to forgive yourself? Yeah. Um, For the most part, I have. I still get critical when I think about some of the things that I've done. Um, But then I just remember, you know, I was in survival mode. And where I could make amends with people, I, of course, have done that as well. Uh, what is the first step to begin, like, healing from abuse and all of that? So the first thing is really the self-awareness, because that's really going to, that's going to guide you. That's going to get, that's going to get you out of trouble. That's going to keep you out of trouble. Um, and, and just being really aware of yourself. And then, you know, there's different therapies out there, but I highly recommend therapy. I'm going through EMDR. It's an acronym, and I don't remember what the exact full title is, um, but it's basically eye stimulation or tapping and working through past memories. And, you know, so yeah, that's, I, I definitely recommend don't doing this on your own. Now, now, and what are the signs of an abusive relationship? Well, if you can't be yourself, if you can't have a voice, if you feel, you know, for me, I always felt like I was walking on eggshells. I was always afraid, you know, I, and I would always assess the situation and I would always assess the people. If that, if you're doing that, there's something going on that, you know, and you shouldn't, you know, any kind of yelling or hitting. I mean, you shouldn't be touching, you shouldn't be getting hit at all. Now, is it wrong for the person that's getting abused to say something? Could, uh, could that like trigger the abuser to do something? Uh, since they kind of come out and say something, does that kind of trigger uh, the person doing the abusing? 
It can because, you know, depending on the situation, most of the time abusers have been abused themselves, right? They're just carrying it on. And so normally when people snap, they're, they're being triggered and we just all react differently, right? But the extreme is hurting or killing someone. So yes, and that's, you know, I go back to getting yourself into a safe place. Yes, you can trigger. It's not your fault. Do you think the reason that the people, that these people abuse their spouse or or maybe friends at this point, it's because that they get abused at home or they had a childhood that they get abused in? Yes. Yeah. That's that's very common. Very, very common. And it, and, it, and if it's, you know, if they're in a domestic violence and it's just it's a physical abuse, it doesn't mean it was just physical when they were a child. If they were abused as a child, that's how they learned to cope and manage. And they didn't learn how to do it differently. Absolutely. Now, um, oh, and what is your definition of a narcissist? Ooh, I was married to one. <laughs> um I was actually married to a couple of them, um, you know, and, and when I was in, it was, it was my second marriage. He was full on a narcissist and I didn't realize there was a name for it, but any, any of the stuff like the gaslighting, you know, he would say, he would accuse me of stuff that was so bizarre and I would just look at him and I would think, what, what are you talking about? You know, um, they will pull you away from your family, your friends. They want to isolate you because they want to control you. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, scary. So um, since you was married to one, and how did you kind of get away from that? Well, unfortunately, he passed away. <laughs> so that kind of took care of that. But I will tell you, when I we weren't married very long. And, and it was it was me, again, searching for love. And that's why I married him so quick. But, um, you know, I saw the behavior, and it was so bizarre that I was realizing I, I need to get out. I needed it because he was not willing to get help. He wasn't willing to do anything different. And so I was beginning to make my plans to leave, which I was going to start saving money. And I literally was going to leave with nothing but the clothes that I had. That was it. I was, that's how desperate I wanted to get away from that. Now, and and now the next topic I talk about is boundaries. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Now, um, for someone that's in a relationship and what kind of boundaries should they have or or uh or i don't know the exact question to ask for that but um and what kind of boundaries are they well it's certainly boundaries and how they're going to treat you right and and how they're going to interact with you that's the first thing and boundaries don't always have to be set either they can just merely be enforced without even saying a word and so you know the the I remember getting to the point where I was recognizing about boundaries and it was a long time into actually my adult life. And it's hard. And, and setting setting boundaries with the abuser can be a little scary because that can be a trigger for them. Anything that's going to take them away or they feel threatened, it's, it's you know, it, it's going to be frightening for them and they could act out. So, yeah, that's that's a tough question when they're actually in an abusive relationship. I would say definitely be in therapy and have someone help you walk that through because it just kind of depends on the situation. But boundaries are critical to your healing. Critical. Now, with uh, some abusers, they uh, like to, you know, they like to set some rules in place. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't do this or can't do that. Can't mm-hmm. talk, to, I guess, male friends or whatever. 
Um, and has that ever been uh, the case for you when you was in those relationships? Yeah, the narcissist, he was very jealous. And I, I wasn't used to that. Um, I wasn't used to being in a relationship where someone was jealous, but he was very jealous. He didn't, it wasn't just guy friends. And I do have guy friends. Um, and it was my girlfriends. It was anybody that would take my attention away from him. Now, um, could, uh, now, in your experience, both personally and while working with women, um, of, of childhood abuse, what is the most, uh, things that they struggle with? Shame. Shame is number one. Emotion. Yeah. Shame is number one. And shame, shame will shut you down. Um, so there's, there's shame, there's guilt, which, I mean, it's it's so sad that abuse victims have to carry those two things because the abuse wasn't their fault. No matter what they did, it wasn't their fault. So those are two of the biggest ones. And when I did the childhood abuse healing workshop where we had eight-week workshops with women who were healing from childhood abuse, that was the number one theme that went through every single one of those women's lives. Deep shame. Now, um now, um, the next topic I've written down is emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, with the emotions, how can they um, – I don't want to say hide their emotions because you can't always hide your emotions when it comes to stuff like this. But um, how can they kind of, uh, I guess, control their emotions? Well, actually, they get pretty good at it because they have to. Because in some cases, if you show emotion, you're going to get hurt. So actually they get pretty good at shutting those emotions down and that's, that's dangerous. Just like their voice gets shut down. I mean, my voice literally would not come out. And I, I recognized that when I was about six years ago and it got stuck in my throat. So emotions, they do learn to shut them down because they can often get hurt because of it. Absolutely. Now, um, now I see what else can we talk about? I think I've asked already all the things. So I see here. Um, well, uh, where can uh, people find you on social media? So you can find me on Instagram at Lisa M. Tickle. And then on TikTok, it's Lisa Tickle. And then I do have a YouTube channel. I don't think it's activated yet because my podcast isn't activated. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's Lisa M. Tickle. And then I have my website, which is Healing and Growing Hand in Hand Podcast.com. Now, i got to ask you this, and how did the podcast name come to be? You know, it, it came to be with putting a lot of, I definitely wanted healing and growing in it. And we just, a friend of mine and I just kind of worked through the different names, and we came to that. And the reason why I like it is because it's us coming hand in hand, helping each other. It's it's because, you know, at some point I'm I'm hoping to have it live as well, and I can have people come on and ask questions. And so those people can often help even me, right? So as we're doing these podcasts and every person I talk to, I learn something, I grow. Absolutely. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, of course, when I do these podcasts, which I always learn something new mm-hmm. and with every podcast, you know, you know, with, with, with this podcast, you know, I was always walk away, you know, with something new that I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. So it's always to bring people on to talk about it. Um, uh, um, where can people find your podcast when it does air? So it'll be on Spotify. It will be on uh, Apple Podcasts. It'll also be on um, probably some other ones. I haven't figured that out. You know, you send them out and they go to different ones. Um, and then, of course, my my YouTube channel will have it as well. All right, absolutely. 
All right. Um, which I think I've already asked all the questions that I had written down. Um, I thought more would come to me, but apparently not. Um, that happened in one of my episodes that I did a while back, which I had things written down. And next thing I know, I was mind blanked. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do that too. Trust me. <laughs> oh, to have like 10 questions or so written down. Next thing you know, I'm done and I don't have nothing else to ask. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so once again, Lisa, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast to talk about, uh, childhood, childhood abuse and trauma and, uh, boundaries and all of that, uh, mm-hmm. and the rest of the stuff, which I didn't know much about. Until, you know, of course, until you came on. So once again, I want to thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's going to be a wrap for this episode. Tune in next week. Not sure what next week is going to be in, uh, and uh, as of right now. But also, we got a special episode coming out on October 3rd. It's the Halloween edition of Conversations with Jacob. It should be interesting. Tune in for Laura Lee. She's a medium. She talks to the dead. Should be interesting. So until then, be safe. God bless. We'll catch you in the next episode.